Welcome to the Teen Financial Freedom Podcast. Teen Financial Freedom is a personal finance blog run by teens who are on a mission to equip their peers with the knowledge, resources, and understanding they need to become financially free for the rest of their lives. What's up, guys? It's Terry here with another episode of the Teen Financial Freedom Podcast. Today's going to be a little different. Uh, It's going to be just me. Uh, Chase isn't feeling well as of late, and the others aren't available for any podcasting, uh, but I thought I would record just a, a quick episode on uh, crypto and markets in general uh, and kind of just provide some of my perspective on what I've learned over the years in downtimes, I guess you could say, uh, when when markets are red, uh, when everything seems like it's falling out of the sky and it's crashing. My experiences in those times, what I've done to handle them, uh, what I've learned has worked really well what I've learned to take advantage of during those times, et cetera, et cetera. Just kind of not blabbing, but just sharing some thoughts and little nuggets I've accumulated over the years and some tips for you all. So I don't know where you are on your investing journey. Um, I know there's a lot of you in very many, at varying stages throughout it. There's probably some of you who have barely heard of what a stock is or a bond is, or maybe you've heard of Bitcoin, uh, but that's about it. And then there's others who have actually opened an account and dabbled a little in it, put some money in Bitcoin or put some money in in some stocks or some index funds. Uh, and then there's others of you who are probably very experienced and would be able to say just as much, if not more than me on the topic um, in regards to how to control your emotions, how to look at things, look at irrational markets rationally. Um, but I thought I would just share a few pointers here. So um, to be completely honest, I guess my first point is about controlling emotions. And one way I've done that in the downtimes is not constantly checking my app, my portfolio apps with my investments. And as of right now, I could, I could honestly not tell you uh, how much my portfolios are down. So I've got some index funds. I have some other mutual funds. I don't think I have any individual stocks at the moment. And I've got quite a bit of crypto. If I check my app right now, which I will, just give me one second. Um, it looks like Bitcoin's down a hefty amount as of the as of this recording. It's up to or it's down to thirty six thousand uh, dollars. Um, let me pull up a different app to look at the rest of myself. I will give a live reaction because I have not checked this in probably about a month. Um, so Bitcoin's down to thirty six thousand uh, dollars. Shib is a coin I was in. It's like four or five zeros. Looks like four zeros and a two. Uh, so it's down a pretty hefty chunk from its all-time high. Stellar is a coin I was in, uh, or I'm still in. It's down to 20 cents, which is incredible. Oh my word. Um, Dogecoin down to 13 cents. I'm not in it, but that's another big one. And Ethereum down to $2,400. That's just some crypto ones specifically. Uh, if I pull up what the S&P 500 is right now, um, I believe it's down like seven to 10%, which in stock market terms is pretty hefty. Uh, so it's down a good chunk. Let's take a look here in one second. Yeah, down 4%, 8%. Yeah, so it's down about 8% over the month. So a lot of stocks have been crashing. I know Netflix in particular had a real bad time. I think it was down like 25%. Uh, there's a few others. Ian uh, was kind of telling me some of this, and he mentioned he bought some SoFi at, at a very unfortunate time. SoFi is just a finance stock. Um, basically, right before it dipped a little, and he was aggravated. Uh, so I completely relate to where he's at because I've been in his shoes a million times. And I just wanted to 
provide some perspective on that. So I don't know where you are in your uh, investing journey. So if you're advanced, then you'll probably be <laughs> kind of just giggling at everyone's reaction to, to the markets and just kind of real laid back and chill and not worry about anything. Um, and that's a good sign. That's um, ideally where you want to be. Not necessarily that you're, you're gloating in the downtimes or that you're take some kind of sick pleasure out of losing thousands of dollars. Um, well, I guess if you genuinely did go you, but I, it's not me. Um, it's more about just, as I mentioned before, being rational in an irrational market. And when people start losing money, they become irrational. Uh, irrational fears start popping up. They start thinking silly things and stupid things, and they start making dumb decisions too. Um, honestly, emotion, emotion and muddled thinking is the number one thing that will cause you to lose money if you're investing in, in the markets. Um, and the best way to counter that, the two best ways I've found in in my experience to counter those two, uh, to counter emo emotions and irrational decisions is to have a mentor, to be learning from someone more experienced than yourself. And I have surrounded myself with a plethora of experienced investors, experienced traders who are far, far more knowledgeable and far wealthier than I am in the markets. And they have been a godsend during times like these. That's the first thing you can do is to surround yourself with wise people because they've been in through a million of these downturns and can absolutely provide some really good insight for you in some a perspective that earns money because it's, it's during the downturns that you earn money. It's it, That's when you make the real money. And I'll explain that in a second because it was really just something I kind of intuitively knew deep down, but would often forget. And one of my mentors told me that recently and it just blew my mind. And I was like, you're totally right. I completely forgot about that. The other thing I found that, read, uh, that helps remedy um, emotions a lot is time, just simply time. Time and not constantly refreshing and checking your portfolio app, kind of expanding your perspective, looking at things from a more macro point of view. That's really important because when you're investing, ideally, you want to be investing for the long haul for 5, 10, 15, 20. If you're young, 50 years plus easily. Now, that might not all be in one stock. That might not be in all Bitcoin or just index funds or just this or that um, gold or silver or real estate. It might be a variety of things. It often is better to be a variety of things, to have a little bit of precious metals, to have, according to your risk tolerance, of course, to have a little bit of crypto, to have a little bit of um, index funds to have some real estate for cash flow and just general appreciation. Um, diversification is really, really good. And I guess the one thing I'll emphasize here is that there is no get rich quick scheme. Recently, I had to kind of had have a reality check for myself in that I've been in crypto for many years now. Um, well, I say many, but it feels it feels like ages, but it's only been <laughs> since like 2018. So what is that like? As it's 22 now, 2022 now, so like three and a half years, I would say roughly, I've been in crypto. In the beginning, I was really good about having a long-term perspective. I was buying and accumulating a bunch of coins at low prices. I was staying true to my strategy. Um, I wasn't overreacting to any things. Uh, fun story, I've mentioned it before in the podcast, but for those who haven't heard, uh, when I first got into crypto, the entire market dropped to the floor by 50%. It went from $6,000 to $3,000. 
And I can tell you that was terrifying because when it got that low, I was like, my goodness, that's when the irrational thoughts started popping in my head. I was like, Bitcoin's at $3,000. And I started thinking to myself, wow, man, could it go to zero? Could I lose everything? Should I sell? And I started having these like kind of just crazy thoughts popping up. And I, and as it got lower and lower and lower, I just kept panicking. And um, it was, it was gut wrenching. Like it was uh, gut wrenching. It was, it wasn't fun, but I had a resolve not to sell. I bought and I believed in the long term fundamentals of specifically Bitcoin when I, I bought Ethereum and Litecoin as well. Of the three coins I bought, I believed in their fundamentals and I believed in their long term value. And I had to basically have a plan before entering it. My plan was I was going to enter it. I initially uh, bought Bitcoin around $6,000, sold it later for 12 and 18. Um, but I, my plan was I'm going to buy Bitcoin at this low price and sell at this higher price. And I mean, I'm not going to dive into my, my reasoning of why I sold Bitcoin when I did and what I would do if I had gone back, et cetera, et cetera. Like I didn't sell just for, for cash. I converted to some other coins with higher returns. Um, which ended up working out fine for me. That's a whole other story. Uh, the, simple, the, the gist of it is, um, when I entered the trade, I had a plan. I wasn't going to sell for a loss, no matter how bad it got. And I was going to hold this coin until it hit my targets. And that's still the strategy I'm using today. And it's helped a bunch through, through times like this. Because right now, um, the market as a whole let me check. The market as a whole is down. Oh, I'll use Bitcoin as a, as a, as a good metric. So it's, it's down 40% right now on the three-month horizon. And it's down 30% on the one-month uh, chart and 15% on the weekly. So it's down pretty bad. Uh, but it doesn't phase me whatsoever. Um, and that's just because I've experienced so many of those drops and have stuck with my plan of I'm not going to sell when it's lost money. Now, one caveat I'm going to throw here is if you get into specifically trading, like active daily trading, uh, like day trading um, options, some other really high intensity, like very active types of trading, it's it's a completely different world. Uh, there's a, it's a whole bunch of different tools you're going to use. Um, you need to be even stronger mentally to do that type of thing. And the vast majority of people lose money. So that's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about the, the type of investing where you're picking a reliable asset that has long-term uh, future potential value that you believe in, essentially like value investing, but I don't necessarily care about the asset. Um, value investing is all about buying an undervalued asset. It's about buying, say, a Bitcoin at 15 grand or 30 grand when you believe it's going to hit 50 or 100 in the future. Um, and later I might even mention how People have laid out the math of how Bitcoin will, uh, can very easily, well, I shouldn't say easily, but can very realistically hit uh, $1 million per coin. It's pretty mind-blowing. Uh, we'll, we'll walk through that later. It's all about, value investing is essentially all about finding an undervalued asset, something that's cheaper than what it's truly worth. And it's often because of irrational emotions. It's often because of investors panic selling, uh, seeing some red, seeing their, their portfolios and their investments down a little bit and just selling in the midst of things um, in a panic. And because they do that, they make dumb decisions because they're emotionally charged. And that allows you, if you have the emotional resolve to look at things properly, 
uh, to recognize opportunities, to recognize, hey, this guy is selling this house for 30 grand and it's really worth 100. So I could totally buy this house, put a 10, 15 grand into it and flip it for a little over 50, you know, uh, or just hold it or turn it into a rental. Like it's, and I'm not talking about, I mean, as of, I, as far as I know, real estate isn't down at the moment, like real estate market as a whole. It's not like 2008. Uh, so I'm just using real estate or that house example as an example of identifying an undervalued asset and buying it to hold long-term to appreciate whatever the strategy is. Like it's, it's a little hard to be like, take this advice with a grain of salt in the sense to where I'm not saying you apply this strictly without any reasoning to every type of investing, every strategy, every asset class. It's not necessarily what I'm saying, but the average person who's getting into things, who's buying blue chip stocks like GM or Apple or Microsoft companies that are going to be around in 20, 30 years. Um, if they're buying the average beginner is probably buying index funds and solid cryptos like Bitcoin or Ethereum. I mean, that's usually what people often start out with uh, in the very beginning, at least those are projects that are going to be around for many, many, many years. And essentially what I'm getting at is while there might come a time and a place to sell those assets, it's not now. It's not in the middle of all this fear, blood in the street, blood in the streets, so to speak. That's not the time to sell. The time to sell is when others are greedy, when people are jumping into the market because they see a bunch of green, when basically everything's the exact opposite of what it's right now, when people are making irrational decisions once again because they, they have dollar signs in their eyes and they're like, oh, there's money everywhere. Um, Bitcoin's you know just hit 60K. I mean, it's going to the moon. It's going to 100 in a month, $100,000 in a month. Easy, no problem. And then you fast forward one, three months and it's down to 36, 36K and everyone's panicking and everyone's freaking out. Sorry if I'm getting a little repetitive with Bitcoin specifically, that's just the asset class I followed the closely as of late. So I know um, the most about, I'm most kept up on. Um, I haven't been following stocks as closely. That is just a little bit of rambling in that sense for kind of some, some perspective on how to treat uh, the current market situation. I thought I'm gonna, um, I think I'm gonna go and throw in a few other pieces of encouraging advice, I guess, uh, from some research I was doing today. So today, right after school, I went and sat in the bistro at my, on, my, on campus here at school and just sat there for a good five-ish hours and binged crypto content, binged um, specifically content from my mentors. So it was crypto related, but um, these were my mentors who I go to learn from about how to manage my own emotions, to um, change my perspective on how I'm looking at things. And I think there's just a few little nuggets here that uh, you guys can find really helpful as well. One is a tweet I discovered through Anthony Pomp. I don't know how to say his last name in full, but he's um, often known as Pomp or, uh, you know, just Anthony's his first name. You can just look him up and uh, you'll find his content. Solid dude, um, really good content on Bitcoin. But for Bitcoin specifically, I'm going to talk a little bit about that because most people our age in the general young adult um, age group is fairly familiar with crypto, at least more so than most older generations, or at least have either some money in it or some idea of 
what's going on there. And you might be freaking out a little. Um, things might be seeming gloomy. It might be, you might be kind of feeling the same emotions I did when I saw a $3,000 Bitcoin. And uh, that'll actually lead into something interesting later. But basically, Anthony Pomp shared this tweet uh, by a guy named James Lavish. And I'm just going to go and read it out real slow uh, for you all. It's a little bit of a thread. So James Lavish said, Bitcoin will eventually be worth over $1 million per coin. How? It's pure math. There are currently $700 trillion of global investment assets. Bonds are around $130 trillion. Stocks are almost $120 trillion. Real estate and ex-agriculture is just shy of $300 trillion. Arts and collectibles, $22 trillion. Gold, $10 trillion. And then cash savings, all kind of very liquid assets are $130 trillion. So altogether, it's roughly $706 trillion. And at $42,000 per coin, um, as of this writing, as of this tweet that was January 19th, at $42,000 per coin, Bitcoin has a market value of roughly $900 billion, just shy of $1 trillion, or basically it's 0.13% of global assets. So 0.13% of global assets at roughly 42 k per coin. That's Bitcoin. As individuals and asset managers learn about and gain comfort in Bitcoin, this number grows. So here comes the key part. At 1% of global assets, uh, Bitcoin would have a, a $7 trillion market cap or worth be worth $337,000 per coin. At 2%, its market cap would double to $14 trillion and would be worth $667,000 per coin. And at 3% of global assets, Bitcoin would have a market cap of $21 trillion and be worth $1 million per coin coin. So this isn't, no one knows where Bitcoin's going in the future. No one knows for certain what targets it will hit when. I'm not saying that whatsoever. Um, but some very wealthy people, far smarter than I am, uh, are very, very bullish on Bitcoin in the long term. And this is just some simple math for, for perspective. When you, when you look at a $36,000 Bitcoin now, it might be depressing, right? You might be like, Oh, that's aggravating. Um, I wanted it to hit 60. I wanted it to 100. I bought at 70,000 or 70. I bought at 50 or $60,000 of um, when Bitcoin was at that price point. And now it's down to 36,000. And I've technically lost money. Hopefully you haven't sold. So you haven't realized that loss. Um, and it might be depressing. But when you look at something like this tweet saying that if Bitcoin just keeps growing at a fairly rapid pace, at, the, at its pace, it's been going. Uh, so far, I mean, it's only been around like 13 years um, and eventually reaches just 3% of the global assets in the world held. Just 3% would create a $1 million Bitcoin, would make each Bitcoin worth a million dollars. And I mean, I don't know what else to say there. I mean, like if you compare a $36,000 Bitcoin now and knew, so for example, if you knew for certain Bitcoin was going to hit a million dollars in the future, you would be all over this stuff right now. You would be all over um, a, depre a, a asset, asset that has just crashed into the ground and is basically on sale for 40% off. It's almost clearance. The, the smart investors, um, not saying they have a crystal ball and know for certain what's going to happen, but the smart investors are looking at the investments and the opportunities that have a higher probability and certainty and are on sale. And it's the... Unfortunately, the retail investors, the irrational people 
um, sometimes Wall Street, if they're being dumb, um, making the the irrational decision to sell at a discount, to sell <laughs> at a loss. And that's not what you want to do. Anyways, that's just a little nugget on kind of where Bitcoin could be going in the future. There's a lot of people. I'm not saying for certain it's going there. Uh, and I guess I should caveat that. Well, I'll, I'll make caveat at the end. Um, that wraps up that. Um, one of the things I'll mention, go look up Anthony Pomp's um, YouTube channel. And he's got two really interesting videos he published recently in 2022. One is called Why is Bitcoin Crashing? Um, highly recommend that video. It was really helpful for me. And then the other was the math on how Bitcoin gets to $1 million. He explains a little bit better than I did um, and gets dives a little bit deeper. Each of those videos are like six and seven minutes long. So it's not bad at all. Um, the last thing I'm going to mention is from this Patreon group I'm a part of, um, a guy I've been learning from. So a couple weeks ago, about a week ago, he posted a video, the guy I'm digital assets coaching, excuse me, digital assets coaching is what the Patreon is called. And he posted a little audio snippet of kind of his thoughts in the current market phase and what he's doing and how he's positioning himself. And my reply was it was, um, well, let me read the title. The title of his post was earning money in the bottom. And the thesis of that post was that it's during the downtimes when we make the most money. That's when the real money is made because that's when we're buying an asset that's 50% off. That's when we're buying an asset that's 25% or 15% off. It's on a discount. So we accumulate even more of that, even as much of it as we can afford. And then we sell it for twice as much, three times as much. If it's crypto, 10 times, 100 times as much as we bought it. But the, the average person is only interested in buying the asset when it's already up, when it's already pumping, when it's already basically over halfway through the move. That's only when it seems attractive. It's very counterintuitive to look at an asset that is bleeding like crazy and down 45% and to think, hey, I'm going to buy this. <laughs> it's, it's just not what our brains initially compute. So it's extremely counterintuitive to look at an asset like that and think, hey, I'm going to buy this as much of like, if I believe in it, and it's a got actual value long-term, I'm going to buy this asset. I'm going to buy as much of it as I can, and I'm just going to hold it. And I'm going to sell it when I've hit a certain price point, when I've made a certain return on my money. I'm going to sell this asset when I've made three times on my money or made a 50% return. Um, I mean, this all is relative to your time horizon. I'm not saying you buy a Microsoft stock right now and refuse to sell it ever unless it hits 3x or three times your money. Like it, it's the the returns are relative to the asset you're buying and its volatility and its fundamentals. That's a whole other podcast thing. Just throwing that out there. But one thing I replied with to that post my mentor put out there was it was during the recording that I remembered my biggest regret during a euphoric bull market phase has almost always been not accumulating more during the quiet, unassuming and dare I say, even depressing phases. Like uh, the digital assets coaching said, it's during times like these when the real money is made. It's pretty counterintuitive. So that just sums it up right there. Um, that kind of sums up what I've been harping on this whole time. Um, 
And the last thing I'm going to throw out there for a little piece of encouragement or perspective is the same guy from Digital Assets Coaching put out a little buy alert for a specific crypto. And the caption was um, really, really cool to me. So he said, this is a buy for my daughter's portfolio. Her birthday is coming up soon and folks are giving her cash. She's going to be turning two. My dad did the same for me growing up and helped me learn the ropes of value investing. Hard to argue against the better deals in the last three months for crypto. As I mentioned before, this is me talking now. As I mentioned before, uh, over the last three months, Bitcoin alone is down 40%. Uh, and usually altcoins are down more than that. So it is a good time to buy right now. Now, I'm going to caveat that by saying this is not financial advice. Don't just go out there buying willy-nilly and have no idea what you're doing. Um, personally, for myself, I am looking at this and considering this a great time to buy for myself. That's a huge caveat I'm throwing out there. Don't take this as financial advice. It's not. So back to what uh, Digital Assets Coaching was saying, uh, even with all the red in the market, my daughter is still up 60% over the past year. We started January 5th last year. Long-term perspective, my friends. Hashtag 10-year-old millionaire. That is a perfect example of a guy who's got the right idea. Um, I mean, obviously he does because he's my mentor, but I mean, well, I'm not saying he's right all the time, but you, you get the point. Um, he is looking at things from a very macro perspective. He is picking projects and investments for his daughter that he believes have long-term value and will appreciate greatly over the years. And he is taking assets and cash that have been given to her um, and basically being a good steward with that money for her while she's too young to understand what money is. Uh, she's only two right now, but to think that he started at the beginning of this year, which would mean she might've probably just turned one and he had already put together a portfolio for her and she's up 60%. But that's just a great example of, um, I mean, yeah, just take it as a piece of advice. I mean, this guy is just buying slowly over the years, um, over the months, over the weeks, with whatever cash is given to his daughter or for birthdays or holidays or whatever he might put there, put in there himself. And he's just buying good deals and he's holding it and he's selling it uh, when it appreciates according to his plan. Plan your trade, trade your plan. That's essentially the philosophy here. If you plan your trade before you hop into an investment, before you buy an asset, don't deviate from that plan in the middle of when things are getting hectic, in the middle of when things are getting quote unquote bloody. That's just really the main point I'm trying to drive home here. For those of you who are experienced in investing and who have been doing this for years, this is probably all going to sound really familiar, um, stuff you've heard over and over, but I have found that even I myself needed a reminder, even though I got into investments and stock markets uh, around, what was it, 12, 13 years old, and then Bitcoin and crypto around 15 or 16 years old. Um, I've been in it for a while. Well, granted, I'm only 18, so it's been less than 10 years, but it feels like a long time. <laughs> it feels like half my life, um, which it almost is. But even I needed the reminder, and I'm sure others do. And I'm sure even my mentor needed a reminder from his mentors. So no one's immune to emotions, but the better you can control them, you'll find the less money you lose and probably the more money you make because the number one rule of investing is don't lose money. And rule number two, is don't forget rule number one. That's a Warren Buffett quote, in case you haven't heard of it. 
But for those of you who are new to investing, I hope this helps kind of frame um, how to approach the markets because it may seem like a wild thing. It may seem um, unpredictable. And I mean, quite honestly, is if you're not approaching things with a plan and unpredictable in the sense no one can know for certain where things are headed, what prices and what times. But it might seem like it's just a a beast without rhyme or reason. Um, but you'll find that if you slow things down and you look at things, I, I hesitate to say the word yet again because I've said it a million times already in this recording, but if you look at things rationally, you'll find it isn't as scary as you think. And just simply taking advantage of compounding and your age is one of the best things you can do. It's during times like these when experienced investors will celebrate because of, as I mentioned before, their favorite assets are on sale. So buy up, well, not giving financial advice yet again, but do your due diligence, review your, the assets of your preference, review your personal budget, trade your plans, sorry, plan your trades. One more, I'm stumbling. Uh, plan your trades, trade your plans. Uh, I was kind of hesitating there because I didn't want to like <laughs> slip up my words and give the opposite advice and someone would, you know, lose a million dollars. That would be awful. All right. So I'm going to go and wrap this up with a caveat I've already said before of none of this is investing in, or is financial advice. Um, it's all my own perspectives, my own experiences. It's for entertainment purposes and education only. Uh, unfortunate that I have to say that at a time, or unfortunate I have to say that at all, but in times when basically anyone can be sued for anything, uh, I guess it's necessary, but don't be dumb. Just do your research, do your due, do your due diligence, take things slow and invest for the long haul. Take advantage of your time. As a young person, I will say you might feel like you don't have much money, but by far the most valuable asset you have is your time because you've got decades. Even just putting a little bit of money in something as simple as an index fund, uh, which is basically just a little piece of each stock of the like the top 500 stocks in the market. That's the S&P 500 specifically. Uh, and just look up index funds or what mutual funds are to get a more definite, a more clear definition. Um, but even something just as simple as putting a couple bucks a month into an index fund for 10, 15, 20, 30 years will blow your mind with what kind of returns you can make just simply because of the time. The, the timing is insane. The time is the most important factor in compound interest. All right, I'm going to go and wrap the pod, uh, this podcast episode up here. Uh, if you have any questions, be, be feel, excuse me, feel free to let me know or to reach out to us at teenfinancialfreedom at gmail.com or we also have a contact form on the site. There's a discourse over there as well, I'm pretty active in. Um, reach out, ask some questions. I'm more than happy to help. Good luck in the crazy investing world out there. You guys got this. Go make the big bucks. See you. Thank you for listening to the Teen Financial Freedom Podcast. We would greatly appreciate it if you could subscribe, leave a review, and share this with someone who needs it.